I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So the last episode, we were celebrating being champions. We were hoping another person in this group would be celebrating being a champion. It wasn't quite to be. We'll discuss more about that in episode 32 of the Premier Non-League Podcast. The Premier Non-League Podcast. Of course, we are talking about Christopher May, the South Shields fan. Chris, at one stage, am I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, it was in your hands because you were top of the table going into Bank Holiday Monday. And at one stage, you were leading because Bucks were losing, am I right? Or something happened where you jumped over him at one stage on that Bank Holiday Monday. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on the Saturday, um, at, at, at 4.50, Buxton were more or less champions. Um, they were winning at Mickleover. South Shields were drawing at FC United. And then at 4.51, uh, Shields scored a, an 89th minute winner, or 91st minute winner, and Mickleover got an equaliser against FC United. So we went into the bank holiday Monday, um, and we were... Are you a point behind, I think, point point behind, yep. Um, when South Shields scored their first goal against Whitby, um, we were top of the league. Um, How was the reaction at that at that stage? It must have gone erupted. No, it didn't because very within about two minutes, Buxton were winning. So it didn't <laughs> yeah. last long. No. It didn't last long. And it, then. It, yeah, I mean, it was we were. I was just going to say, me and Pete were watching a, a sort of really disappointing match at Horsham, but we were kind of keeping more of an eye on the South Shields scores on that Monday, weren't we, Pete? Yeah. Of one word again tonight. <laughs> yeah, I think he said more than yeah, yeah. I think he's having health. I think he's having health problems. I think Pete isn't. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, go back to it. So you're saying yeah, then Buxton equalised. Um, yeah, Buxton. Um, Buxton took the lead. Buxton, Buxton took the lead in their game, and then South Shields went two 0 up, and and then. Whitby got a goal back and then in the second half it was a story of the season South Shields should have gone in at half time 5-1 in the in front or 4-1 and then in the second half we should have gone 5-1 up or 6-1 I can't quite remember exactly but without, because we didn't take guilt edge and I mean guilt edge chances um, it was 2-1 and Whitby got a foothold and we allowed them in and they got two late goals and that was it so it fell flat on its face, and uh, un- without a complete miracle, it was over. Um, a sort so, of t- plus ten goal difference on your side, yeah. Didn't they? So it was a three. There were three points ahead, ten goals. Ironically, uh, Buxton lost on Saturday in their last game. So had we not conceded against Buxton, who knows? But Shields went to Grantham on Saturday. Last game didn't mean anything really. Um, so Kevin Phillips made a lot of changes, gave two debut, two league debuts, um, rested about four or five completely. So because all 
all focus now is on tomorrow night or Tuesday night, mm. playoff semi-final. And, and, and the irony is, well, not irony, I suppose, it's just it's not irony because it's, it's the story of this blooming league. We could have played any one of three teams at 4.45 on Saturday. It was any one of three and then lo and behold, results mix up and we're now, we, we thought we were going to play Matlock. Matlock scored and we now play Warrington Town. So Happy with that or not? I mean, yeah. you can't, I mean, they're all, I think Trevor said it before, like all the teams are up there for a reason in the playoffs. You're not going to have a team that's not going to be a tough competition no matter no. what their run of form is because as we know, for professional leagues up to non-league, the playoffs is a completely different kettle of fish. You can have yeah. the sixth place team in the football league getting promoted because they've gone on yeah. wrong. What I'm sort of concerned about, but I don't know if you feel this as well. So you lost one nil on Saturday as well. Mm. Would you not have liked to try to get a real momentum going again and sort of doing a bit of a spanking or you know a few goals in to try and roll into that Tuesday night tomorrow? Like when is it Tuesday, Wednesday? It's tomorrow night, is it? It's our league. Yeah, right? tomorrow. So I, I, Tuesday night. So no, not really because um, it, it means nothing. In, in 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 terms of South Shields away and South Shields at home are two completely different entities. So mm. I would fancy, I know we lost against Whitby on Bank Holiday Monday, but I would fancy us against anybody at home. Um, and we've got unfinished business with Warrington who beat us in the playoffs two years ago, uh, three years ago, so, sorry. Um, is that in the step below? No, this step. Oh, this step, this yeah. Step, this step three years ago. It was the year when there were super playoffs as well. Okay. So Warrington then went into the super playoff against Kings Lynn and Kings Lynn turned them over. So we've beaten Warrington twice, home and away this season. They are a very physical side and we're, you know it'll be a very, very tough game, but you've just got to beat whoever's in front of you. I would have taken anyone. Um the team that I feared most is Scarborough, who have been in some good form, and um, they will take some beating. So Matlock are playing Scarborough at Scarborough. I'd fancy Scarborough to turn Matlock over, um, and I fully, I fully anticipate a South Shield Scarborough final on on Bank Holiday Monday. But it's playoff football, so who knows? It it it, it could be anything. How are you but feeling, not, though? How is the club feeling? Do you feel a little bit flat at the end of the season? Or, I mean, uh, are, you, are you excited for the playoffs or not? Because you know you should have really been taking that title. I'm glad that we lost. If we weren't going to go up automatically, I'm glad we kind of knew after the second last game of the season rather than the last. I think it would have been tough to take had we gone into Saturday's game uh, with a view that we could win the title, a serious chance of winning the title and then failing. Yeah, uh, it's a different feeling altogether. The players, you know, they've got everything out of their system. So I'm I'm more confident going into into Tuesday night than I would have been had Saturday been something where we should have won the league on Saturday but didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have taken an absolute miracle to have won the league on Saturday. So. The players have had an opportunity to to really focus on the playoffs for yeah. a good ten days. Yeah, no. So it's Scarborough versus Matlock, and it's South Shield. Um, sorry, South Shields versus. I've completely. Well, I've just talked about it. who is it again? <laughs> South Shields versus Warrington and Scarborough. Sorry, Warrington. Matlock. Yeah, one, there you go. One, one, one thing I would say, 
I'm not a fan of this, you know, because of the the nature of the of, of, of the situation where nobody knew who was playing who until ten to five. The fact that you've only got a seventy two hour turnaround, well, pretend you know, f- almost forty eight hours to try and sort out fixtures, and you think of uh, travelling support. Leagues need to have a look at this to, to have given support. Warrington can't. Warrington fans can't get any coaches arranged for t- for Tuesday night That's because of such short notice. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I just do not understand it. This the need to get these games played so quickly. When why couldn't they have done it? I don't know. Saturday and then the following Saturday. I I, I don't get it. It's a bit silly. I was just going to say, I don't. I mean, I was looking when I picked the paper up yesterday, and practically everybody's semi final is Tuesday or Wednesday this week. No one's playing yeah. Thursday and then finals on Monday when it's a bank holiday. I thought What's that might rush? have been a, bit, a, little, a little bit more sensible and staggered them a little bit. That some, yeah. some people would have travelled, for example, Chris, up to watch your game on maybe Thursday, having done yeah. somewhere in the south down here on the Tuesday. And it's just, there's very little opportunity for for, you know, any ground offers to get around. And I thought Leeds just could have done that a little bit better. Well, if, had it been Thursday, then um, it does, it, it gives support as in Warrington, you know, mm. they're a reasonably well-supported side. And I think they would have brought a couple of coach loads up had it been Thursday night or, or, or something like that. Um you could have still played the final on Bank Holiday Monday. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it just seems ludicrous to me. This this haste to get things. It's like the haste of two years ago to null and void everything, isn't it? Yeah. This seems this rush when no other league, you know, the National League have still got games going on. The Football League and the Premier League have still got plenty of games to play. There's nothing that's going to really affect the pyramid by getting these games played so quickly. I, un- I would have understood had there been super playoffs again. Mm, but yeah. there aren't any. No. Um, it just seems very, very silly. And it's a shame because what it does also, it means that the atmosphere on well, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, may well be diluted slightly because Warrington won't really have any, many fans there. Mm. Um, and when, when they came to us three years ago, and they, they did bring a good travelling army and it was a good atmosphere. So it's a shame, but it is what it is. Certainly plays into South Shields' hands, who are the home side. Um, so I'm you know, not complaining in that way, but from a footballer, from a football supporter's perspective, it isn't it isn't ideal. I was going to say, Chris, isn't it a case of um, so many player contracts are due to expire at the end of this month? Yes. So therefore, the other- therefore, some clubs might not want to if it goes on if it goes on a few weeks longer to yes. stretch the playoffs out. Then clubs might not want to um, pay the players. Very much thought about that. Yeah. Very much so. The other, there was another someone mentioned in another forum um, yesterday. In fact, that um, footballers, you know, part-time footballers who work generally have agreements with their employers that they would play or train on a Tuesday and a Thursday night. So, because um, people have asked, why couldn't we play Wednesday and give another twenty-four hours? But that there, the argument is, well, why didn't we play on the Thursday? Because players would normally train on a Thursday. So they're used to do, getting, getting out of work. So 
But certainly the contractual side of things, particularly when you think of the league below, you know, the next step down, they've got playoffs and all of their players, I guess, would be working as well. Um, and the, there's a huge interest up here in the Northern Premier League East playoffs because three Northeast sides make up the, you know, three of the four spaces in the playoffs. So there could well be another northeastern side moving up into the Northern Premier League Premier Division. I think as well, like Chris, on that rushing bit as well, <clears throat> excuse me, where we've found out yesterday that Salt Dean in the Southern Combination finished second, but can't go up, they failed the grain, ground grade. In the pop New Haven in on points per game into a playoff against Lansing on Saturday. And then it's caused a problem with the cup final. They're playing against Littlehampton on Monday, which has now been moved to a Wednesday night. And it's... They've moved it. I thought they said they weren't yeah. moving it. No, it, the county league then came out and said, we'll, we'll make a decision a bit later, which they've done. So they've now moved it to the Wednesday night and it's all kicked off across Twitter because people have said, public transport, I can't get home from Hassocks. I've got 7.30 kick-off on, on Wednesday yeah. night. Three o'clock on Monday was lovely. Why can't we play it on Saturday the 7th? Yeah, and exactly. So far, you know, there's, there's just nothing come back to it. But that sort of shortness, the thing that I disagreed with was that the FA would have known Salt Dean have failed their ground grading before Saturday. So even the game on Saturday, Salt Dean could have won the league and Littlehampton could have come second. Yet you'd have been tempered with the fact that actually you'd have finished as champions because Salt Dean can't go up. So, you know, why they, you know, why they did it the way they did the FA at the weekend, I really don't know because those ground gradings would have been known probably of they would. a month, month, if not two months ago, end of March. Yeah, in, yeah ground, ground gradings are done weeks, weeks, weeks in advance. Mm. You know, and it's just caused more flipping outrage because people have bought tickets for Monday, yeah. train tickets, that sort of thing in advance because obviously the cheapness of them doing it Oh, but we, we never thought of, mate, are we? We never, no. we never think of the fans, do no, we? No, we? well, we, we can go on to that and with the National League, can't we, later on? Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, is, at the end of the day, as we said, like we've, we've spoken on this, and this is kind of what started the Premier Non-League podcast, was uh, the way it was all treated throughout COVID, like with cancellations, not thinking of the fans or the players or the clubs. And, you know, they're doing, as, as Chris quite rightly alluded to, like, why, what's the rush? And Pete, I, I didn't even really consider what Peter said. It could be something to do with that. But why not? This just makes no sense, does it? Well, if they're contracted and the contracts run out on... Normally, the, the contracts run out on April the 30th, normally. That's in the old days, the old non-league non -league system. Contracts for part-time players would run out on April the 30th. If that was the case, surely it could be a players could be just played a one-off match fee, and there's nothing. The thing is, Chris, I think if you, if you look at what happened, I mean, it happened at Charlton Athletic during the thing when they re reconvened after COVID. Some of the players refused to come back because they don't want to get injured. For they've got yeah. other teams lined up, and this is like one one of the. Charlton have got a real issue with Lyle Taylor as Pete Wright knows quite rightly and who's that Pete <laughs> Lyle Taylor um, because he refused to play for Charlton when it was reconvened because he was out of contract now another player did one called Chris Solly who now plays for Ebsfleet he he thought he was going to bigger and better things but he's clearly not because he's gone well I mean Trevor will probably say yeah well anything's better than Charlton but you know we'll, we'll wait and see that <laughs> um, but um, it's, it's one of those it's one of those things that 
maybe that's the reason why, because there's no guarantee and they don't have to do it. They could all say, yeah, we'll play one off, but they don't sign a contract, but then they're out of the door. Then you've lost your best striker because he's been poached by someone in the league above, which he's got to move yeah. anyway. He's been tapped up about. So, you know, that could be it. Could be, but the playoff finals are in May. You know, you know they are, it's on, they're on Monday, um, yeah, which are, which is May. So, I don't know. It just seems a little, it just seems hasty, a bit rushed. When there appears to be no need to be rushed, I was very um, surprised. I, I know, you know, it's bank holiday, and um, which is great. It's fab, you know, fantastic. It's a bank holiday, yeah. but is there any need when yeah. it's not? I don't think it's great having it on the bank holiday because well, I don't either. Which yeah, because yeah, I don't. We can't do what we did yeah, on Saturday night, no, can we? Pete? <laughs> but, yeah, that, exactly. That's exactly it. You can't really celebrate and go out and get absolutely trolled because you've got work the next bloody day. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. but. Um, hey, we don't make the decisions, do we? No. Well, we're looking forward no. to seeing and hopefully... Not, um, I'm, condo- not that I'm condoning <laughs> drinking. Oh, no, of course you're not. Well, hopefully, well, I, I, hopefully I, I, uh, Chris I, I, will I, be able to take part in that and he have a nice little hangover on Tuesday week after South Shields get promoted, which obviously we're rooting <laughs> for. Uh, Pete, we suffered our... Well, I was all right on Sunday, to be fair, but uh, we suffered our... Um, hangover uh, and a big party on Saturday. What, what an event it was, Pete, at Woodside Road on Saturday. It wasn't too bad, was it? No. I mean, we'll talk about Trev's Saturday antics down the road uh, a little bit later, but um, nothing bad. <laughs> it's nothing bad. I mean, it could be, unless you've been saying something before we come on the air tonight, but um, it, it was uh, it was a good old party. We got the, finally got our hands on that lovely Isman League trophy. Um, apologies to Nick Robinson, who has previously been on the PNLP, because I don't know if he expected a, a, a keg full of Budweiser to be poured in it and shared around Woodside Bar and then taken down to the local pub as well. But you got to make I, the most I, of it. I was thinking about that on Sunday and I thought, do you know what? We're probably all going to come down with bloody COVID. Was well, I was, just, did you not hear me going around calling it the COVID it. jar? I was calling it the COVID <laughs> jar. <laughs> How old is that trophy? It looks pretty old. I mean, the, yeah. the shield that came with it as well. There's a big shield. I don't know if you saw a picture of that, Chris. That that was yeah. like down in the 1920s. Like so, wow. that shield been around, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty nice. And it was quite weird to see um, the last that you didn't really think. I know it's it's weird to think, but the last winners of that trophy are Dorking Wanderers because they the wow. last ones got promoted. But you think that was three years ago? <laughs> it's weird to yeah. think, isn't it? Like, um, and we did notice, Pete. We were laughing. I don't know if you were with me and Spencer at the time, but. We noticed the Isthmian League medals have got a a, a, a gold-plated sticker on the back. And I said, I wonder if you peel it off, would it say uh, Isthmian League Champions 19, uh, 2021 on it? And they've just gone and printed a load of stickers to save a bit of money. Because <laughs> it did look... All players were like, yeah, actually, it is a sticker. So <laughs> I wouldn't peel it off or anything. But there's a spare one lying around. Maybe it'd be worth seeing. And then they've, they've cut some corners. Um but scenes like that, Pete, you know, it's just what we've dreamed of for like so, so long. And, you know, just to see what a special club it is. And I was talking to our commercial director at one stage and he was saying there have been pro clubs over our players like flies on, you know what. And um, it'll be a shame because there's so many characters there and we're not going to see the same squad next season because rightly they've earned their right to play professionally or in higher leagues. But it kind of brings to light about non-league and how, how it can be when you've got such a group of players because you obviously have a team for a year and then the good ones go. But to have the same squad pretty much for three years, it's going to be a bit bad, sad to see them go, Pete. Um, I, I think you'll keep the core of it because mm. a, lot, a lot of the players are very happy at Worthing and, and now we're going up a level ourselves anyway. So the players are getting a bit more buds in their mm. pocket. So... Um, so, you know, I don't think there'll be a mass exodus. I think you mm. should be able to keep the, 
and obviously Aaron Singh's already signed for next season on the PSS mm. as well. It's me in league's top score. But that just season. protects us, doesn't it? I guess a little bit as well, yeah, in case someone does I, come in for them. Yeah, and I think Harrison May or more than likely stay the goalkeeper and uh, mm. Jasper. See, see, I, see, I heard I heard other things on Saturday, but I'm not going to put myself out there. But I've been hearing other things about Harrison, which would be a shame. But again, he's it. deserved it. Yeah, he's deserved it if they do, because what a keeper he's been. Some of the saves he pulled off on Saturday, even it was amazing. Pete, have you have you you got over your hangover yet? Actually, saying that he was out with one of the other guys on Saturday Sunday and the pub again, so he's hair and a dog. I think it, it was his birthday, so we had to have a few, few. I bumped into him and thought, well, well, I'll just go for a couple of berries. Yeah, it was a nice Sunday as well on the south coast, but um, but. But talk about the South Coast, Trevor, you decided not to come to Woodside Road for the party. You went to Littlehampton to see them win the title, which they would have done anyway, because of uh, the ground grading issues, which will go on in the next thing. But how, how was that up there? They've still got our banner up, so thank you very much. Yeah, the banner's still up, isn't it? Yeah, it's very, very kind of actually. We're only supposed to have it out for the Vars game, so it's actually uh, seen another, another two or three league games, which is very nice. So thank you very much, Littlehampton, for that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you guys had already won yours, so there was nothing rising on your game. It was a dead was rubber. A party. So, yeah, but that's a party, isn't it? You know, <laughs> I go for the football, not for everything else. Um, but um, saying that, I mean, had their game, you know, they could easily have won it on Easter Monday. Um, Saltdean struggled past Vardinians, who were who've been in the bottom three all year, but actually they've done a fantastic job. Vardinians to pull themselves off the bottom and and into another season there. And um, Littlehampton won in the 99th minute against Pagham after apparently quite a lot of time wasted from the Pagan keeper, which backfired on him. And obviously that put Lillehampton still in pole position come the last day. It looked like the pictures. It was it was a good old celebration. I had over a thousand people there, which is kind of unheard of for that level. So fair play. I think they've attracted a lot of fans of their Vars, Vars um, triumphs this season, which is great to see for Sussex. As we said, like we've already with the last episode of Hastings being promoted, Worthing being promoted, Littlehampton is very good for the south coast of England. It seems to be coming maybe a little hotbed for non-league football. And let's hope it long continues. Must be something in the water, mustn't it? Oh, yeah. It can't be anything else on that coast. But, and That's how Pete should, doesn't have a hangover should, on a Saturday morning. <laughs> something in the water. We should mention Horsham as well, because they did win the Velocity No, we don't want to talk about them. Yes, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. Johnny's not on the podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, he might not be. But he Saying that, you know, this is and this is again a rumour, I apologise. Apparently, Horsham wouldn't give us a guard of honour because they expected us to give him a guard of honour for winning the Velocity Trophy. Not even joking. They got a bit how, funny about how's, it. How's that going to work? How can you give a... Yeah. I can give a guard of honour to the team that's already come out and then how's that going Yeah, to work? they wanted us to like well no, they weren't gonna give us a guard on. They expected us to give them a guard of honour for winning the Velocity Trophy. They weren't even gonna bother acknowledging us as champions. Which is really, really quite peculiar. Um okay. <laughs> but so yeah, they're, they're strange lot up in Sussex, <laughs> up the coast. Not they're yeah, not a bit part further of the coast. up. It's, yeah, there's, there's obviously nothing in their water, is there? No. Simple as that. Um no. but no, but yeah, one too 000... close to Crawley. <laughs> yeah, very. Um yeah, one thousand and ninety-two at county league level, which I'm sure I saw something late last week and I couldn't find it again this morning. Um that it that it was well well it would have been. They hadn't had a crowd over a thousand in the county league. No, it was, it was in the paper. It was in the paper. It was a, Yeah, that was me. I put that in. But then yeah. I, but then Steve messaged me to check and I went. I've seen it somewhere. Do you think I could find it again? 
I went back. Oh, do you know these journalists with their fake news? Monday. These huh? fake news journalists, God Almighty, you know, <laughs> putting fake news all over the internet, Trevor. Now, but I mean, goes, come on, you've got to think you ain't going to get a thousand in county league. I wouldn't have thought. I mean, maybe when the AFC Wimbledon times or something like that, you know, possibly. Yeah, that would have been an, and all the shot as well when they reformed. But you're going back to the early nineties for that as well. So um, yeah, I mean, the biggest biggest crowd in the Kansas in the Sussex, well, Southern combination rather this year was five hundred and sixty one from um, Eastbourne Town. So yeah. it, it doubled that. And so they certainly had the record for the season anyway, but I'm sure the yeah. biggest crowd for a long few years. I guess but I guess a few Bogner fans would have got along so they've got to have something nice to watch rather than the dross they have it down at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, it, well, it, it's obviously, like you say, with the Vars runs has attracted a lot of people, not just like within the town, but, you know, absolutely everywhere. They've sold, they've mm. sold almost the entire allocation for, for Wembley that they've been given so far. So, They've almost sold the 6,800 mm. and there's still, what, nearly three weeks to go before yeah. they actually go to Wembley. Well, we talk about Sussex football. And obviously, we, Pete and I have said, and I know you, Tre- Trevor, have said it would have been nice for Lewis. Even um, Eastbourne Borough's chairman came on and said he would have loved to have had Lewis go up. But Eastbourne could go up the next league. They're in the playoffs at the moment. They mm. secured their place to go up to the National League. So, um, so whether and haven't are in there right now as well. So, Pete, any sort of local derby could be getting brushed right out of the water for us, which would be a, a little bit of a shame. Um, but one of those teams will obviously stay down. But I'd, I'd rather thought, I think, because of David, it would be nice to go down and see David and, you know, go and, go and meet him in person. Um, but Haven't's right by my sister and brother-in-law's house, so it'd be quite nice to go and see them as well. But um, quite close to the bottom. Well, only one of them can go up anyway, can't they? Yeah, exactly. So we'll get one of them. Um, Trevor, quite close to the bottom with uh, your friend, Smudger. He's kind of, he scraped through at the last so minute when, when it was like, looking. And, and, and PNLP favourite. Dicko, he saved the day of two goals and assists to keep him up in the league. Um, they scraped through and they lost on the last day. And like, it was just because of other results that they missed out on the uh, relegation playoff place. Mm. So they just survived. So from what we've said before, it'd be interesting to see what happens over the summer now. Will he stay there? Will he attract some more from above? Dicko said to me he'd like to stay if he's offered to stay. He wants to stay at Cray. So obviously it'd be, it'd be interesting to see because as we know, the season's got gone unavoided. Cray, Cray Wanderers are right at the top of the league. Mm. I did. Um, I did see on Sunday actually. Uh, Sam Wright, who's the C- CEO at Cray, who I know, did um, did put on Twitter on Sunday about um, looking forward to working with Smudger again next season. Um, I haven't asked him yet for definite. Was that a little bit of a bait? I just don't to... know. I don't know. I did. I did. I did put on there. I said, "Is that is that confirmation?" Of next season, he hasn't actually replied. Well, did Smudger get a bit drunk in a bar going, Yeah, they'll be in next year? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Why? Well, um, I never said that. I mean, thing is, you know, there, there aren't at the moment that many jobs going around a little bit higher because steps one and two are still playing for another three or four weeks. Yeah. Whether anything else crops up in the meantime, um, you know, Strebs, Strebs popped a little tweet up on uh, Saturday, I think, after Barney had beaten, beaten Eastleigh. And their form hasn't improved since since Strev's got Act. got to well, what do you call it? Not the bullet, but you know, gone by mutual consent. Yeah, it, you know, sugared. Yeah, it hasn't gone hasn't gone the way they would have done. So you know, he'd be. Well, I think Cray's quite an exciting prospect. They've got this new ground being built at the moment. I mean, is it ready for the season or is it is it the following season? No, from what I've heard, they won't be in at the start of next year anyway. They might make next year as in twenty twenty three, or you mean the next season? No, as, in, so. as in next season starting in yeah. August. Um, the stadium will be ready before anything else, so they will be over there playing while everything else starts to build up around them and everything. But yeah, it's an exciting little 
Uh, so that worm. might be what he can like you know he's, yeah, he's yeah. got the opportunity and we know what the new I mean definitely in the pre- uh, professional leagues you know what new stadium can do mm. um, to a team it can bring a lot of fans in it can bring a lot of look at what happened to Brighton Hove Albion you know they were sort of league one league two bounced back up and down and they're now established Premier League team from the new stadium so it will be interesting maybe that's what's tempted him to stay because he thinks well if I'm getting given a little bit of a budget got this new stadium come in maybe I could challenge for a promotion place that we should have done two three years ago he, yeah, he, he easily will do. He, he was offered players like, you know, when he first came in, um, although he needed them like in the next day and a half, people were offering him players for next year. Mm. So, you know, if he does stay, he'll build a squad easily capable. Um, the other thing does, though, he's such an infectious character. He brings people through the gate. There was, I think, over 400 on Wednesday night, 463, I think it was. And Thorough bought a fair decent following as well. But there were lots of Bromley fans there. There were three of his ex-Bromley players in George Porter, Jack Holland and Frankie Raymond all turned up to watch. That's the sort of thing he brings to the club off the pitch as well. You try and get a word with him in the bar. It's almost impossible, you know, because he knows that many people there. It was his club for 10 years before he got sacked by them. I think, you know, if he if he stays, that easily be up in the playoffs next year. I wouldn't put it past them challenging for the title because I think after the scrape they've had this year to stay up, they'll be prepared to say to Smudge, you know, there you go. You can do this. You can do that. You can have this. If you can get that, great. Um, you know, and I think, and I'm speaking to a couple of the guys who who I know that um, I've watched a couple of Cray games with and at Holmesdale as well, they're getting a little bit tedious of Bromley. Um, at the moment, the fact that they're no better off, actually worse off now than when they sacked Smudger a year ago. Um, and the fact Andy Woodman's touted himself about for jobs and should have been at Hartlepool, should have been at Gillingham. It's only going to be a matter of time. Before he's not he's really off. concentrating, is he? Well, no. And I, and they said if, the, if, if it wasn't from getting to the trophy final, um, I think he would have been under some serious pressure. He, he really would have done so. You know, again, that will, you know, Cray start playing some good football and that's it in top of the league. You know, you've got a choice. Do I go away with Bromley or do I, you know, go down the road and watch Cray instead? I think, you know, people are going to make some different choices next year. I mean, once they definitely once they move stadium, it's going to be a little bit more difficult because of the locations. I mean, it's not miles away from Bromley, but it's a little distance from where the new bit, new Cray ground is going to be. But as you say, if there's there's more chance of seeing Cray play than you know spending a bit of money and supporting and maybe something up and coming, and you never know that could be their fan base. But I think it'll be an interesting season actually. Obviously, we'll touch on you know predictions once the season's over and we had a little summer break and we talk and we know what the sort of squads are looking like and some pre-season friendly taking place later on in the summer but I do I, I really fully believe that if from what you say with Smudger and he stays at Cray they could easily be pushing up right up the top like they were two years ago I do think Hastings are going to kind of come in and give a good go to it with uh, Elphix just signed a two-year contract yeah. today apparently so he's uh, but then again some of the Worthing fans saying he was he didn't ever do it for Worthing at this level. So will he be able to do it for Hastings? But have they got different financial backing than, you know, than they did at the time? So it'd be interesting to see what Hastings do. But I fully believe with the chairman behind them, Billy Wood, and what they've done, I think they'll be pushing quite close. I mean, look what Horsham did when they first got promoted. And they haven't got a budget like, you know, Hastings had. But they were challenging Worthing for quite a lot of the time. But then they started drifting off a little bit towards the end of the season before it was null and, um, null and voided. It's going to be definitely an interesting league to, um, and I'm quite glad we're out of it, aren't you, Pete? <laughs> uh, after the last few seasons, definitely. Yeah, and hopefully uh, Chris will be out of that uh, Northern Premier. Yeah, uh, be nice. It would be, be nice. nice. 
It'd be nice. It'd be nice. It'd be nice though, guys. But um, as we said, Littlehampton Town were promoted. Uh, we did talk in our WhatsApp group about the ground gradings um, because as we fully know that Saltine, who were training them for the title, have been failed on their ground grading. Am I right, Trevor? Yes. So what, what would they have just been prevented to be promotion and kicked out the playoffs and some other team would be gone up in points for going into that playoff position? Which one are we talking about? Sorry. Uh, Salt Dean. Salt Dean. There's so many to go through. Salt Dean well, at the moment. Funny you were just saying that because I'm just I'm just like keeping tabs on Twitter at the moment. I've just got a follow from Brian O'Toole. He's Salt Dean's manager who stepped down tonight and goes after their RUR Cup final game. So very bizarre. But Brian I actually had as a manager at Wick when I was there. Um, he's actually got a cracking CV. To be fair, it was full of promotions as a, either a coach, as a manager, or anything. He's quite, quite yeah. talented, quite talented. Um, yeah, sort of thing that was very, very odd because I'd no inkling of them and their ground grading being failed. Not until it came out late Saturday evening or Sunday morning, I think it was, when they brought these list of teams of who was playing who in the inter playoffs. The rest of a lot of the other playoffs obviously were were, were confirmed, and um, and New Haven had been pushed into an extra game. And I think Salt Dean's statement has said, though, they've got, they know they've got a lot of deficiencies at the ground, which they hope they'll be able to overcome. But from the sounds of things, it looks like something that's going to take at least a year, another season, or maybe 18 months to be able to rectify all those bits to get to that next level. Have you been to Salt Dean Stadium? No. No, no, so as I'll say, because I was going to say, like, we all know that this is from Worthy Brain and pre season, Littlehampton Stadium. It's our cricket pitch for, you know, most of the summer. And it's it's often caused a delay to the start of their season because of the boundaries of the cricket pitch goes on to the football pitch. So what do you know, obviously, from, you know, becoming more more closely involved with Littlehampton this season? What What is, uh, how have they managed to get through the ground grading? How are they going to prevent that? Are they going to sort of, can they, I don't know, Chris, you might know this. Can you reduce the sort of boundary at cricket? To, or does it all have to be the same size? Or? No, no, you can reduce the boundary, but there is a minimum. So it depends on on the size of the ground. If you can if you can get with it within the the minimum requirements, then yes, you can. Um, that's the problem with multi-use facilities. Multi, I've had it at my own um, my former cricket club. We shared with a rugby club. It, it, it's very very difficult for two sports to work together side by side. So well, their ground is called the sports field. <laughs> so yeah, it's quite funny. So it, it, it's going to be very, very difficult. I'm just, I'm just bemused as to why it's just come out now that they failed the ground grading. Why, when ground gradings normally take place earlier in the year, mm. um, because what for some clubs, you know, um, if they, if their ground only needs a slight tweak, um, then. I'm sure they're normally done in February or March. I, I, no, it's before then, Chris. If I remember rightly, when I was at WIC, it was November, December, when they originally come round and do your inspection and then yeah. tell you what you need to have done by the end of March. And if you haven't got it done by then, yeah. then that's it. Your grading's either drop one level um, or you're just denied going mm-hmm. where you are. So I'm assuming that hasn't changed. It's just, it's quite baffling, really. Um, and such a, a kick in the teeth for everybody. If, if they've been given plenty of warning, say, look, it's not looking good for you guys. Mm. Um, but to have to have just been for, to have just been made public now again, it just makes it begs the question: What mm. are football um, 
football um, committee's doing. Yeah. Well, I, I shared I shared a tweet on the group obviously before we came on to record tonight from a well Garden City player who they failed their ground grading, but they were in the playoffs and the players sort of said got into the playoffs on the last day on a Saturday and we're kicked out of it on the Sunday by the FA because the ground hasn't made enough. So that's their that was their sort of sanction. And can you imagine that? That the team must have been so buzzing to get into the playoffs, knowing yeah. what was going on off the pitch, but they weren't sure what the outcome would be. And to be told on the Sunday, no, you're not in the playoffs anymore. See you later. I'll see you next season. It just seems awful. It just doesn't seem right. Well, unfortunately, when you look at you know the people who run these sports and leagues and things, if you look at if you look at the top of the ladder, the head of the DCMS um, doesn't even know that a tennis court is called a tennis court. It's a tennis pitch, you know. She called it a tennis pitch, and that's the that's the, the MP and the Secretary of State for, for digital, you know, social media and sport. So it, it, start, it starts at the top, works its way down, and we've got far too many people in positions that they're not equipped to be in. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Don't get Trevor started. He's got his hand up. <laughs> <laughs> just, just reading on the on the, on the Welling, Welling Garden City stuff from a guy called um, Peter Miller on Twitter, at PeterMiller36. He's fantastic with these spreadsheets of putting together who's who's been playing where, does it for the whole year. It's brilliant. Um, he's, he's basically put what an absolute farce this is. This is a Welling Garden City thing. Demoted, appealed, successful, denied the playoffs, appealing. So if their playoffs are due to happen in this week in the Southern League as everyone else is supposed to, when's that appeal getting heard? And then they're going to be triggered oh. beyond that contract point if it gets to that. So... So he's actually put knowing the FA stroke league the appeal will be held at half time of the playoff <laughs> Welling Garden City swapping in for North League if they win you know he's, he's a bit he's but then that's not fair on crazy, North League do you know what I mean that's not fair well, on them because mad, they're preparing it? for yeah. it now it's just because yeah. I mean Pete from what I understand from Worthing and talking to our chairman Barry Hunter I think Worthing need a hundred extra seats for next season, don't they, to be successfully past the ground game. Everything else is fine, but it can only be a minimum. Or is that for the national league? I think it's fifty for just. We just need fifty for the next step. But up. we can only have a minimum of a hundred in a stand. Yeah, you can only get it. Yeah, that's what time. So, so, so there'll be some but, seats appear somewhere. Oh yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. There's yeah, plans afoot. I think it should yeah. be the Peter Vale commentator stand. There'll be a seats below and he can have his own little podium above him. Like he, has, he has 50 seats below him. I've got my own podium. Yeah. yeah. I remember I remember when South Shields put 100 seats into one of the uh, terraces that they had because they were the new home of Sunderland 
AFC ladies in the women's Super League. So there was a minimum. So they just literally got some seats from somewhere and just plonked them in the in one of the terrace, one of the sheds, just to meet the grade. So that's all you'd have to do. Yeah. Not, the problem not. is if um yeah, I'm I I'm not sure if you've seen much of Worthing's ground. There's not really a terrace to put them in. To be honest, no. mate. Okay, they would, no, they would legitimately really, have yeah. to build a new stand. But the the, the plans are is what where the dugout side. There's a bit of a rickety old sort of covered little small covered terrace, and there's a bank there. And it's what I what we get the impression of is there'll be a whole side of it will be sort of covered as a terrace, and there'll be seats behind the dugouts. So I think yeah. I think by the time we get in next season, there'll be some minor change around the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've said, to be honest, one, one of the things that's kind of frustrated a lot of the fans is it's great to see crowds. I mean, how many do we have on Saturday, Pete? Was it 2,200 and something? 2,190. Yeah, something like that. Problem is with that is they were doing better this day because they had listened to us and they were pre-pouring pints on some of the outdoor bars, which I know for people like beer is not great, but when you're at football, you don't really care. You just want to have a yeah. quick beer. They weren't yeah. really doing it inside because there's not the room for, but they need to get more facilities. Like they need to have more beer points in the other corner, especially if they're going to make that as their income because people were getting frustrated. And apparently they took record takings, but they could, as a lot of us have said, you could take even more if you had more, more stands. Yeah. Um, because people were getting annoyed, like Pete and me, obviously being up in the commentator's box, we try and go down. Pete goes for his half-time cigarette. I'm normally the one who goes for a quick wee and goes to get the pints. But sometimes you literally just cannot get anywhere near that bar. Yeah. And it's like, uh, and I mean, I'm all right, but Pete is just like, he's, he's clasping at the walls when he hasn't got his, his half-time <laughs> well, Bex in. And they're taking people... away Bex from the ground next season, Pete, as well. So you're not happy, <laughs> are you? Um, at Shields, the, 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 um, the marquee, um, one of the windows that it's just tarpaulin, it just rolls down. And what they've done there is they've put a, a can bar in. So they've got a fridge, a fridge freezer just inside the marquee. And people can go away when they've rolled the, the, the plastic window down. Um, there's a there's a lady there and you can just get cans poured into plastic. Yeah. Simple cup. things, mate. Um, trust me. <laughs> you've, got, you've got like, now that you've got like three queues rather yeah. than... Two massive ones, you know. So there is, there are ways and means, and I'm sure, I'm sure worth it. We've now, we've now got a general manager who's come in a couple of months ago, so and he's he's apparently quite big in the hospitality trade. So you know, he's he's got experience. So maybe that he'll, I'm sure, have that on his radar. And what 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 we've said is actually when we were at Horsham, funny enough, on that bank holiday Monday, right next to the stand next to us, they had a sort of beach hut, you know, like a summer beach hut, and it had a it had a little flap at the front. It had four four beers on tap. It had some cans of stuff. It was just really easy. It had it was all connected to the like computerized system. Tap. They had another queue. They had another one apparently around the other side it was just easy so i said i said to the chairman who was sitting next to us, i said look there's a picture of it let's get one of them in in the ground next season because it'd just be so easy even oh. if it doesn't look amazing they could paint it red and white you know it'd be perfect in the corner so opposite um yeah. one of the, yeah. the dugouts it'd be fine it would alleviate some of those cues so fingers crossed because pete it, it does take away we have said it does take away a bit of the match day experience I mean, there was rumours there had been about 2,400 tickets sold on Saturday and everyone was saying, joking on our little Worthing chat, we might as well go queue up for the beers now. <laughs> but um, uh, it at, wasn't too at, least, at least, At least you're not getting beers from Wembley Stadium. Why is that? Well, have you not seen on social media the, the, fil- the video that's out there came out over the weekend where bar staff at Wembley are, are using drip trays the 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 drink no 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 fill, oh yes oh yes yes to be honest so, that's probably what we were drinking out that bloody cup on Saturday night anyway <laughs> so if anybody's if anybody's going to non-league finals day I'm um, driving just, I'm driving don't worry just, 
beware, just watch what they're doing as they pour your pints because um, the video, it'll go viral, it's going viral. Um, share it to our group if you've got it, if you can find it. I'll try and dig it out. But it was a, a bar staff um, using a plastic um, pint cup to get the dregs out of oh, the tray and put it into so. pint glasses. Hopefully he's been sacked because that's disgusting. But I, I was that's interesting because I thought Wembley, when I know when it first opened, I know they had the um, bottom filling cup technology, which was great because yeah. they'd put a tray down. It would just put it down. The little like, sort of one-way valve at the bottom would just suck the beer up within mm. seconds and they had a beer ready to go and that was really cool when I first saw that but obviously that's never going to be able to be implemented at non-league clubs because of the cost mm. of it but it, it would be a cool deal but I mean these are the things I guess when you do get promoted and it sounds like I don't know what the experience is like at Shields having never gone but um, you know they, they, I'm sure they have their issues from time to time but you know it has taken Worthing once they've got bigger crowds it has become a bit of a bone of contention with a lot of the fans especially the regulars because obviously we don't get 2,000 every week I mean we'll probably get no. more next season but the ones that regularly go like, oh, we now can't even get our regular pints at half time or even go for a wee you're spending like you have to do one or you have to choose one or the other half time I mean Pete's off to giving me stick for going down early to go to the toilet but I, was like, I need to go now I'm going to be about halfway through the second <laughs> half I didn't, have um, a pro- I didn't have a problem at halftime. To be fair, it wasn't actually all. that bad. I don't know if that's because they're all clearing up for the beers or they're weeing somewhere we don't want to yeah, know. <laughs> no, but the, they're bought in four portalies as well, which obviously relieved a bit of the, Well, I think, you know, there's that little fe- that little passageway behind the main stand, Pete. Could, men could just go behind there, just make it a urinal. Be easy, wouldn't it? <laughs> trough behind there. Yeah. Put a little trough. It always reminds me of that um, viral video that went around. It was at a festival years ago. Some um, bloke thought the trough urinals was a hand washing thing. So he was actually washing his hand in urine. It was quite oh. disgusting. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I don't know if he was on some sort of uh, powder or something, which he might have been. Anyway, moving on from that um, horrible talk. Uh, Pete, you said uh, you, you brought up here when we were sort of topics uh, Hemel versus Maidstone. There was a bit of racism and uh, some violence after match. I, I'm not aware of it, Trevor. You, you're probably more aware of it than me as well. What what happened? Well, I saw the statement from Hemel, Pete. That was all I've seen, really. I haven't read it, to be fair, but... Basically, basically, one of the uh, Maidstone players is going off the pitch. just won 4-0 at Hemel Hempstead. And uh, somebody used the N-word against one of their players. I can't remember his name now. Not Ben and Williams, was it? No, no. Oh, no, no, it was a skipper, wasn't it? George um, Elakobi, I think. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Um, so someone used the N-word as he came off the pitch and it sort of escalated from there. Um, and basically the stewards grabbed the the, uh, the guilty party, dragged him into one of the buildings to get him out of the way because he was uh, they were basically going to, you know, set on him. Um, and then it all kicked off outside this room because some of the uh, Maidstone fans wanted to to give him a kick in and there was a steward covered in blood and a fan covered in blood. Um, yeah, it, it just wasn't pretty at all. I've seen a couple of videos today um, <laughs> on it going around and it's, yeah, it's a, uh, it's not, does racism seem to be coming back into football so easy you now? It used to be mm, yeah. something that's taken years to stamp out. Yeah, but, but the now... thing is, at the same time, yeah, get rid of racism, but also, you know, the violence that's coming back into the game as well. You know, let the let the stewards and the authorities deal with the bloke who's guilty of the racism. Don't get involved in it. Don't go why is it targeting non league? And why, why they non-league? yeah, and why are they going after the you know the stewards? Why are they attacking the stewards? The stewards haven't done anything, they're just trying to keep this bloke's it's I don't know if it's a kid or a bloke, um, they're just trying to keep him safe. 
it's not it's not just non-league though. I don't know if you saw um, Omar Bagheel had <clears throat> excuse me something at the weekend as well. Well, really playing for Sutton, yeah, something, yeah. I think it was a t- more of an attack on his um, foreign. Um, you know, where, where's Omar from again? From, is he? Um... He's Lebanon. Well, Lebanon, he's re- he represents Lebanon, so I'm assuming he was he was born that kind of way. So he he, he had a bit of that. We had Beckenham during the week, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Hosted a a cup final that. Um, uh, they, you know, but that's um, that's not Beckenham's first radio, as I said in the group. They had another one, uh, and if you if you don't know, um, Trev, let's just sort of, sort of say that like basically it was picked up by SE Dons, wasn't it? I think they were was it SE Dons that recording, uh, their GoPros behind the camera, yeah. yeah. Um, basically, for those that don't know, it's that it's widely out there. They were basically renting the pitch from them or something like that, or they were basically told to get off pitch at a certain time, they weren't off, they were basically told the lights went out. And this guy who was clearly filmed that he was putting a goal. Was it on? Was it the guy putting a goal up, or was it one of the yeah, people behind the fans? I think so. Yeah. One of the ground staff was saying, "Oh, if we turn the lights out, we won't be able to see them anyway." Now, take that what you want, but that's disgusting to say in this yeah. day and age. You know, that is absolutely shocking. They turned the lights out as well, and there was cheers, and and it was just what is wrong with people? I mean, we know nowadays in the sort of era of social media, you've got a bunch of amateurs, you've got plenty of clubs that put GoPros in the goals to like film for their own like TV or YouTube highlight show. We know there are people out there that they might think that's funny. They might say it. They, they might think it's their humour. They might generally be racist. But are you stupid enough to do it? You, may, you probably didn't know there was a camera in the goal. Probably didn't realise. But even to say it's not acceptable, but in this day and age with cameras, microphones, video devices anywhere, cameras, people's phones, it's just so ridiculous to do it. And he just probably lost himself a job, whether it was paid or volunteer, got himself a reputation. He could be found out and, you know, right, deservedly get some punished, properly accused by the police as well, possibly. Mm. What's, why do people do it? Because I'm racist. Yeah. So, we, had, we had the incident at Barnet, didn't we, back in January? You know, shot out of nowhere. We noticing it more because of COVID as people become more racist throughout COVID because I don't seem to remember this before COVID as much. It happened, but it seems we happen a hell of a lot more now. Or is it just because it's more documented because of what I said above the cameras, the video cameras, you know, yeah. stuff like that? Is that why? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think a bit of both. I think the country's got a bit of a short fuse at the moment. To be fair, I think I think the the cooped upness of the last two years for the, for those well, people yeah. that those people that can't cope with that mentally not from a point of view that they're you know um more from a point of view that they're a coiled spring waiting to explode when they're out on a normal day-to-day going about as we do now it's almost like a you know it's a normal time for them but away from everything coops up cold spring bang all of a sudden it's coming out now i think well as you guys know i work in a customer facing roles my job you know i've seen it firsthand that people seem to be less tolerable Mm. they seem to be more argumentative I mean, the other week I had someone didn't get his first choice of food and it was like, I insulted his mother. I mean, it was never like that. You get frustrations, but, you know, the amount of things you're hearing, you're seeing in day-to-day life, in shops, in transport, in restaurants. It just seems to be, as you say, it's more like a cold spring trip. And I hope it doesn't sort of keep on coming to that because it's just, we don't want it ruining the beautiful game. It's becoming less less and less beautiful as it moves on. And um, we've seen some things this season we've discussed on this podcast plenty of times about starting to maybe dirty the waters of non-league, which is why we love it. And, you know, hopefully it doesn't continue and, you know, we can put a stamp to this. Um, hopefully that guy at Beckham makes, gets an example made of him. They put a statement out 
But they need to follow up that statement, in my opinion. They need to say what exactly has happened. They need to turn him into the police, I think. He might be a long-term club employee. He might be respected by them there. But if they want to make it, if I want to come out smelling of roses, they need to do the proper thing and turn him into the police because it's right there on camera. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I quite agree. Anyway, let's move on from that because it's not the nicest subject. But, you know, hopefully we don't have any more of it this season because we have got below steps three and below. And apart from the playoffs have sort of come to an end, we've still got the National League. Obviously, Trevor, um, Barnett's, uh, Barnett's uh, what should I say, super fan. Well, he's not a super fan, but uh, he's on here. But oh. he, he tries to look he tries to look more and more optimistic every season. It's just not happened again this year. He said, we did joke before we came on saying it's uh, um, your season's, I said your season's over. Well, it's not officially over, but yeah, it's been over quite a long time ago. Never, it never got started, did it? No. But you had the positivity a little bit, obviously, with the Harry Kill thing. You you weren't too sure, but you thought, oh, maybe we'll give it a go this year. And it kind of went wrong very quickly. And it hasn't really seemed to really. You picked up a win on the weekend. Was all right. Did you win? Yeah. Yeah. Beat Eastleigh are in just as poor form as we are. But then we lost to Southend on Easter Monday, who were just as badly in form as what Eastleigh and Barney are as well. And got absolutely hammered at Dagenham on Good Friday. Lovely. What's, what, what do you think is going to happen there? A big old restructure again? What's going to happen in the management situation? <sighs> Very, very interesting because across Twitter the last week and a bit has been not toxic, but people are getting fed up with watching games and watching the team get thumped, which I can understand, I can appreciate. Dean's got 18 players maximum to choose from. We've got a treatment room full of players, which happens every single year. So it can't be the management, can't be the physio team. Something isn't medically right. Um, I've been told the pitches are not in great condition, which also I mean, you've got state of the art medical equipment there or something that yeah, other clubs are yeah, jealous of. Yeah, yeah, I could tell you some stories, I won't because Tony probably chased me down to court with legal papers and whatnot. Um, you can laugh, Pete, I ain't joking as well. He's threatened other people with legal legal stuff over the years. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, I say it doesn't need drastic surgery. There are a few players there that aren't good enough, there are a few players that need shipping out, um, just literally because they're causing more of a toxic problem than anything else. He's got everything ready for next season in terms of planning-wise. We're probably, this is the first time, well, the, only the second time in five years we've actually started planning when we should have done back in November and getting our targets sorted in February and be sitting here now ready to sign those players because we've got continuity of manager. That's how shit, and I'm not, don't use that word lightly, the club's been over the last three out of the four years. It's, you know, horrendous. How how some of us still go every week, I don't know. I mean, I will be completely honest that Monday, when we played South End, um, one of my mates, Nick, had booked the tickets beforehand. I've got two girls with me as well going. And the only reason I was going was not to watch football, but because we were meeting Darren Curry afterwards for a beer, which we'd like, pre-arranged because South End were the visitors. Other than that, if we weren't, both of us would have probably binned it off, even though we played. For Is that your last game of the season? No, I not should... a, I'm not non-league football, but Barnet-wise. No, I should be able to get to the Bromley game, which is the last game of the season. Is that, are you only going game. there because uh, is Smudge going to be there, or no, you... no, no, Smudge won't be there. No, no, just literally because it's the only day I can actually get to the next one. Where I think we're at home to Grimsby this weekend, uh, away to Altrincham on Monday, away to Weymouth on the seventh, and then we finish against Bromley at home on the Sunday. The following okay. week so yeah the probably one I might would be the only one I can actually get to yeah. um, uh, but to be honest if I missed it it wouldn't but again I'd be going because mm. I want to catch up with Dean Brennan rather than I'm going to watch the football because it's not mm. 
And it's and again, it's no no through no fault of Dean's. He's literally I'll say he's only got sixteen to eighteen players to choose from. Um, there's not much he can do to change the team around or whatever. It's you know it's a dead it's a well it's a dead rubber as soon as as soon as Kill didn't work out after seven games. Yeah. And who who are your favourites in the National League for promotion then, like in terms of um, playoffs especially? No, no, no one wants to keep winning. Stockport and Wrexham both lost at the weekend. Both of them. Stockport still win it. I don't think Wrexham will catch them. Still got too much to do. You're quite happy at that, aren't you? <laughs> um, it well, it depends how you look at it. You want two big hitters gone this year because although Scunthorpe and Oldham dropping down are both in the dire straits off the pitch, and mm. I don't see neither of them will bounce back up. South End would be better next year. That's a guarantee. And then you've still got your Notts Counties, your Chesterfields, your Grimsby's, your Wrexham's. They can't all go up. So we're still going to be stuck with a few. So if we can get rid of two. That would be more helpful than losing, say, maybe a Solly Hole or a Halifax. No disrespect to those two clubs because they've done fantastic yeah. with much smaller budgets. But you just can't compete against sides like Wrexham and Stockport that can go and sign players from League One for... £300,000. That's the thing, it's quite, it's, as we said in the last episode, it's becoming like these so-called big clubs mm. starting to fall further and further down the wayside. But the thing is, with them being big clubs or as such, they are going to have the bigger budgets, they are going to have the bigger mm. fan base, despite the fact that some people might be disillusioned. So again, as you said, you've got Stockport, you've got, you've got um, Oldham, Coming down, and you know they, yeah, sorry, Scunthorpe, and you know they, they're going to have bigger budgets, and you, you kind of you you lose in one big shot, you you replace it with another. And yeah, that's both, gonna, yeah, Scunthorpe and Oldham have got serious troubles off the field. Mm, so yeah, as Trevor alluded to, I, I don't, I don't see them bouncing straight back. They nah, need to chance. get their houses in order, and it might take two, it might take two or three years. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I, I fully agree with what Trev said there. Um, I can't see Scunthorpe unless un, unless both clubs or at least one club gets under new ownership very quickly. Mm. Um, I'd be very surprised if either of those two put up any kind of real championship uh, fight next season. Yeah, yeah, it's bang on. I mean, Southend found that lo- found that last year coming straight down, still having yeah. Phil Brown in charge with no clue about that division whatsoever. Um, and they struggle for it. As soon as they actually moved into a management team that know the level, the level slightly above and slightly below, turned mm. it around like they should have done all season, really. And with Oldham and Scunthorpe, though, even if they go on to new ownership, you can see them going for a name, which isn't, which might look great in the media and, you know, the fans will love that to start with, but Harry Kill's testament to that doesn't work. Yeah, and Oldham Athletic, or in dire streets. I mean, they're having huge fan demonstrations. Mm. So it's it, it's they are really going to struggle um, badly. I think it's crazy to think these are some of the teams that I've seen play Charlton in League One like, over many years of being in that sort of division. It's crazy to think how bad it's going. It just shows how wrong it can go quickly. It doesn't matter the size yeah, of your club, um, which obviously concerned like me as of being a Charlton fan early in the season with a lack of investment. Like we could easily have been gone into League Two at one stage of the season. And then what mm. happens then? And mm. it, it, you know, as we said, there's no such thing as a big club anymore. I'm sure you can say as well, Chris. Yeah, you've got good supporters, a Sunderland fan. They do have a good support fan base, but 
sticking in. If they they're in the playoffs again this season, by the looks at it, yeah. they still haven't secured their place. I don't think, but they they nearly have. Um, nearly have. But it, but it could be again. They lose out in the playoffs, and that's what their fifth or sixth year in League One. You can, can you can you yeah. keep calling them a big club if they're stuck no, in League One? You can't. So I say to Charlton when I have people go, Charlton's a big club. No, they're not. They're not a big club. You know, we 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 we, we barely fill 10,000 seats at the Valley sometimes because people got 27,000 seat of stadium. Yeah, we had all yeah. the plastic fans that were Premier League fans and you know, some people could say maybe I'm one of those because I've gone sort of, sort of non-league way and supported a lot more but it's because of the cost of going up to London from where I live and you know it's 35 quid on the train return straight away cost for tickets 25 to 30 quid that's 70 quid for us in the ball played and you got beers and you got people 100 quid a day was I go to Worthing do the work with Pete we get into the ground we, we have a few beers you, have some, you know sometimes have some food and it's not costing you any more than 20 30 quid yeah so yeah. the thing the thing about Sunderland I mean they've already you know they're getting 32,000 crowds they've already sold in excess of 20,000 season tickets for next season already and they don't even know which league they're going to play in you yeah. can see yeah that's a sign of a big club but um no one who signs you know nobody now sees Sunderland as a big club they, they, they can't be you know they are paying league one wages because they are a genuine league one club at the moment yeah. they're not big no, it's, it's, it's a shame because it, you got, I'd say you've got a loyal big fan base. You've got a big fan base. Yeah. That, that's because of the sort of Newcastle, Sunderland sort of rivalry. Mm-hmm. So they're going to support one or the other up there. Whereas London's very diluted, as you know, with clubs and the sort of south, southern area. But hey, uh, it's interesting. Talking about big clubs though, Trevor, you, you did say to us that the final for the playoffs is going to be for the National League at the London Stadium, which is yeah. a turnout for the books. West Ham's... Stadium. I've never been. I meant to. I'm due to go and see that. I think it's a concert there at the beginning of uh, June. Um, bit of Green Day. Go back to my old youth days. And um, I've never been, but I, I, from what I've seen, it just looks like those seats where they're so far back. Weird. Would they even? So what? I mean, if it was Wrexham in the final, they'll take a good what twenty thousand. Do you reckon? Yeah. To, yeah. Um, and you know who? I mean, have a big season. They might get thirty thousand in that stadium, possibly for a playoff final. Yeah, not counting. Um, Chester yeah, Stadium. yeah, could get yeah. 40, make it 40,000. Yeah, um, you probably would, but it goes on to say, does that make it slightly better? Because what is it, 55,000 seat stadium or something? 50,000 seat stadium, mm-hmm. does that make it a better atmosphere than Wembley, where you have the whole of the top closed and maybe you just have the bottom tiers and Club Wembley open? Because it's like I was saying to Pete, I, I don't know if you were involved in this conversation on Saturday, I think it might have been you, it might be with someone else, but I can't barely remember much of Saturday um, with the Sussex Senior Cup well, I don't know mate a few, <laughs> few bevvies down the pub drinking out of a cup um, with the Sussex Senior Cup final obviously it's uh, Brighton and Hove under 23s versus Worthing's first team which is in a couple of weeks time on a Tuesday night sadly I can't go to it jealous of Pete because he's got another game of football to see in the Worthing Red jealous of you Trev got another got another game in the Worthing Red but um, we're only going to sell doesn't matter how many Brighton aren't going to have that many fans there they'll have that it'll be a lot of Worthing but they're only going to sell a few blocks and there's going to be that whole vast stadium which is about 30,000 seater I think would it be better of maybe of doing it at a ground like Crawley's ground which is only what 10, 15,000 probably not even 10 probably about 10,000 would it be better for the, for the atmosphere to be in a smaller ground like that say like you know no is the London Stadium bigger really Pete I mean you've not been to the Sussex Cup at the Amex before and I know people love it but it's not going to be, it's going to be so echoey and stuff. It'll be fine. It's all about, you know, we've made it to the final and it's nice for a non-league club to go and play at a premiership level stadium. I think it's, yeah. an, experience, it's an experience for the fans. But in terms of atmosphere, it's, it's there will be atmosphere, but it's going to be echoey and it's not going to be the greatest of atmospheres, is it? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I can go back to back in the days when I was watching Maidstone as a 
non-league side just before they went into the Football League. And the County Cup then at that level was always played at the highest ranking professional club you got in the county, which in those days, yeah, which in, which in Kent was always Gillingham. Gillingham. Only, only has been. The stadium wouldn't be full because it would be, say, could be Mason against Dartford, could be Welling, could be yeah. anyone else that's got slightly smaller support as well. But it's the whole fact that as a player and a fan, you're going into a stadium that you generally would not visit. Never play, yeah. On true. a normal Saturday in the yeah. entire season. It doesn't matter whether it's got 2,000 in it or 20,000 in it. It's just the mm. whole fact of you get a whole different experience. And even even like now with, um, what, Christ, that was back in what, that was in the late 80s. So we're like, you know, 20, 30 years later. And, you know, I still like see it as it's something that clubs should go out to win it. You know, Barnet went and won the Middlesex Cup two weeks ago, played Brentford B and won it. Only played it at Hampton and Richmond. I don't know what would be the biggest ground in the Middlesex Probably area. Bar- Barnet, would it? Barnet's Possibly the Hive might have been, yeah. I don't I don't quite know. Because um, I know Bowers yeah. and Pitsy played, um, was it Billericay, I think they played it. And they were playing at Colchester Stadium in the Essex Cup. They just yeah. played the week after we did. So that was, but then you could say Essex in theory, Would you, I know West Ham's kind of in London, but would, would the London Stadium have been the biggest stadium for that? Did they, did they play in the Essex no, they Senior don't, League no, Cup because no. Charlton used to play in the Kent Cup, yeah, which is... and the London Cup. Yeah, it depends which FAs you're affiliated to. If you're not, you know, if you're only affiliated to Essex, then you can't play in London and vice versa and stuff. But it's just that almost that spectacle of the of the occasion, rather like than their version of Wembley sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, anything else? Yeah, I can un- I can understand the playing at Crawley in terms of the amount of people you'd have in it would then make it more maybe compact and it, I suppose pleasing on the eye to others mm-hmm. because it's fuller rather than that. But then, you know, how many of them players are going to get the, you know, even the Brighton under 23 players, how many, how many of those players are going to get the chance to pull on a bright shirt in the Premier League at the Amex? Mm. That's true. It's, it's you know, and, and, and the other thing is, I've got a corporate invite, so I'm looking forward to the hospitality. Oh, here it goes. Oh, <laughs> well, just, just, just to let you know, I also got a corporate invite, but I'm working. So Pete can't grab all that. But, but you know what? I didn't get one. I'd rather go and sit with the fans anyway, same as I'm doing at Wembley. Yeah, but Pete, Pete wants to smooth the prawn sandwiches. That's what it is. Well, yeah, I it's hate. the only chance you can get to taste them, isn't it? <laughs> I hate <I> prawns. <laughs> All right, send them down to me then. Uh, get, spot him out and lob him down to him. So yeah. there you go, Trev. But um, no, it was it. To be fair, though, Pete says like, yeah, a few of us. Yeah, I got invited to that one, and you know, there's a few, and a few events that the club invited fans to, and it's really nice because um, just a nice to sort of you know the, the work we put into the club. It was just really nice, touching thing to be recognised by that. It's just a shame that I won't be able to be there. I won't be able to be there this weekend for the players do, and I won't be able to be there for the um, the um, Sussex Cup final. But I'll be watching a live stream hopefully. So hopefully my Wi-Fi will be good wherever I am in the world and. Um, see that but it's just come to sort of come to a conclusion now that it's kind of the football season's coming to an end guys mm-hmm. and it's kind of getting a bit depressing now I mean Chris Wait, you've got Jeff, two what you about? well you're a Barnet fan and uh, yeah I'm sure I'll be able to fit in them one or two games before the end of just other non-leagues but it's got to a point where it's kind of like you know Chris has got two very he ain't going to enjoy those games unless you're just absolutely well, spanking them perhaps just one yeah, but a win right. yeah win. you could just have one game yeah. and it's um, it's kind of those things and we'll soon be talking about next season I think there's one professional EFL game left in the coming weekend or um, one I think tonight or tomorrow night and the weekend and the EFL's done and there'll be the playoffs for them yes. which is obviously exciting Chris is your game being live streamed at all? No um, not as far as I know there's, there is live commentary um, Warrington Town are providing 
live commentary on Mixler. Um, You're not doing it? No. Um, I haven't, well, I haven't been asked. And um, because Warrington are providing commentary, I, I dare say that'll do. You know I mean, the, to be fair, the, the Shields aren't really keen on having um, radio commentary at home games. I can understand why. Um, but with it being a Tuesday night, was a possibility. We did it. We did it three years ago, Ronnie and I, um, in the playoff semi-final on the Tuesday night. But Warrington have announced that their their commentators are coming up, so at least it's available. They'll be, they'll be biased towards Warrington. We don't really want that. I don't want to listen. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, but you of course, know, saying it, about the season going to finish in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. That National League playoff final is on Sunday, the fifth of June. <sighs> So even if Wrexham make the final, play at Wembley on the 22nd, they've then got two weeks before they actually play again. But you imagine finishing the season in the National League on the 15th, you've got three weeks until the final's actually due to be played. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll go to the London Stadium then, Trev. That's mental. Aberdeen, Westfield, Stratford. That can cause injuries, you know. That can cause Mm. injuries. Mm. Players, will they be focused or will they be thinking of their holidays already? You know what I mean? Like mm. all my other mates and other clubs, they're on their jollies right now on their Instagrams and everything. You never, never know. But um, it's coming to an end of the season. Um, we'll probably have a couple more episodes before we finish, though, for the summer break. Um, I think that's time to sort of wrap it up now, chaps. Pete, have you got any shout outs? Yeah, uh, big well done to Alf Church, who uh, yep. my Midlands non league team. And the first one, we won't rib him again because he'll get still no correspondent. Yeah, yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) But big round into them, they sneaked into the playoffs. Uh, They've got a tough fixture against Peterborough Sports, who are in good form. That will be tough, yeah. Yeah, so they've got a tough assignment there. But the um, gash man will score. Yeah, they've they've sneaked they've sneaked in um, on goal difference. So yeah, big round into Ralph Church, and also uh, same neck of the woods, Bromsgrove, because they. Just about dodged relegation from that league. So at least Bromsgrove is staying in that league as well. And Trev, anything from you before we wrap up? I'm off to football again tomorrow night. Very good. Oh, you're going to the Sussex thing, aren't you? The Sussex. Yeah, are you? Uh, One of the other Sussex Cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, enjoy that, mate. Enjoy that. And Chris, I don't think you've got any shout-outs or have you? Any shout-outs or anything? Just want to wish all Northeast clubs in these Northern Premier League playoffs the very best. All, all four clubs. No, you don't give a shit about only one club. That's all you want. You want to. You don't care about anyone else in the Northern Premier League because, as I've said before, we're all self shields, aren't we? Right now, because we will speak to you, hopefully, as promoted, because that will yeah. be the time in the next episode. There'll mm-hmm. be promotion and obviously we'll be in touch in there, but we just wish you the very best. It's just, it'll be just devastating if it doesn't happen for you, but we're not going to think like that. We're going to think it will happen for you. All the very well, best to South Shields and all, all guys you. up there that we know. And I'm sure, I, unfortunately, we won't be able to make, make any of the playoffs because so soon, as you said, this, I, literally, I didn't realize, I thought maybe, maybe we'd have been able to plan something, but no, we'll be uh, keeping an eye on the football web pages tomorrow night. Um, and I'm sure we'll be in touch with you tomorrow. But good luck, Chris and South Thank Shields. You. Um, Pete, we can still brag and celebrate as being champions because <laughs> uh, it's very nice. And uh, we, we, I don't think we'll get over that moment for a long time. But, it's been um, done dusted now. It's a new season coming up. Just because Bayern is rubbish. I, I haven't stopped partying since. <laughs> yeah. What have you done today? Is that actually a mug of tea or is it uh, something in there? It's actually a mug of tea. It is. Are you feeling all right? <laughs> is it because he's had so much over the weekend? Yeah. <laughs> I've only got one can in the fridge and there's 20 cans in the car but I can't be bothered to go out and get them.
<laughs> What's a muppet? Is it raining? I don't even know. It's not even Come raining on. out there. Yeah, got Pete, what are you like? Anyway. But I, um, you, but I thought it might be a good idea to have a rest anyway. Yeah, I think your liver will be thanking you right now. Anyway, chaps, um, great little episode number 32. Good luck to Shields. We'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. And um, enjoy your non-league football wherever you're seeing. Be seeing you. Bye-bye. Are you PNLP? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.